What's up, everybody? It's Candace Cooper here, Locked on ACC, and it's Trap Game Thursday. We're going to talk about the games of this week and week four of college football that may be a little closer than we would like. Will the ACC teams be able to pull it out? That's the biggest question. Right now, I'm just hoping that Drake May, my guy, can figure out how to use that trash talk for his good and beat up on some Notre Dame. Let's talk about it with Alex Dono. You are Locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Good evening, and welcome to another edition of Locked on ACC, a podcast you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can download, subscribe on YouTube as well. We appreciate any other follows that we get. get. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered with more props and odds than ever before because BetOnline is where the game starts. We are back for Trap Game Thursday with Alexano of Locked on Canes, and we've got a couple games here that we feel like may go one way or the other, so we're going to give you our insights there. Alex, how are we feeling? Oh, I'm so happy to be back, and I'm so glad you brought up Drake May because, like, anytime you talk about a state rival, like being the safety school, those are fighting words. Like, I, I saw that, I'm like, dang, he went there, he went with the oh, it's the guys who couldn't get into Carolina, go to state. But yeah, no, Candace, I, I'm doing so well, and I, I still, you know, I'm repping the U, even though. Yeah. You know, it was it was a tough loss at Texas A and M. I thought I thought Miami, uh, you know, to to steal an old phrase, uh, I think it was Denny Green who said we let him off the hook. Right, mm-hmm. so many mental mistakes by Miami yeah. in that game. I thought physically Miami was good. They did better yeah. on the line of scrimmage on both yeah. sides of the football than I thought they would. The defensive secondary looked really nice, but yeah. Oh, you muff a punt. You you can't score in the red zone. You know you have uh, key penalties in the red zone. It was it was a frustrating one. A thousand percent. I think if anything, it lets you know, like yes, Mario is still much in his first year. Like he still has some things and some tweaks and things that he wants to get some bring more out of his guys and just discipline from that standpoint and just making sure that you relish in the moment of being the better team. Like you guys clearly on paper were the better team or just didn't capitalize and really kind of beat yourselves when it was all said and done, which is probably more frustrating. Like I don't mind someone else beating me. I just don't like it when I pretty much give it to somebody to give them that opportunity, you know? Yeah. And, and for Miami, it like, it only reinforces the narrative that Miami has had for, you know, the better part of the last 15 years where they just don't show up in the big games, especially against the SEC, where they just yeah. don't, you know, they, you know, and obviously some some years they just get demolished. Like they got demolished by Alabama last year. They got demolished by LSU a few, <laughs> few years ago. They did have a close one against Florida a couple of years ago to open up the season that they probably should have won. But mm-hmm. it's like oftentimes you get these big night games and Miami just, they, they find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. It's the same story. And like what I said about this on Locked on Canes, Candace, is mm-hmm. that because I, I do trust this coaching staff. It's going to take some time because they have to exercise some demons. Like there are yeah. just some mental demons that Miami has. <laughs> it's going to take more than one year to to cast them aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100 percent agree there. And listen, you got time. It's still early in the season. We're in, we're on only on to week four. I feel like people are a lot of a lot of people are writing off certain teams. I'm like, guys, there's a lot that can be turned around. But either way it goes, some trap games could be season breaking for certain teams. And as we mentioned, Drake May, 
He was talking junk, but now he didn't realize that, you know, North Carolina tends to struggle when they have to come up and play off of a bye weekend. Oh, yeah, your opponent now is Notre Dame, who is desperate for good wins. Talk about a doozy that's coming up here for the Tar Heels. I'm sitting here saying, Drake, just play the game. I'm glad that you are actually good and can back it up. Because if you were a defensive guy that was talking junk, I think I would be more nervous because you would get exposed this Saturday. And I would just have to take, I would just have to hold the L because, you know, we, we already know what we're dealing with. But when you look at this matchup, coming off a of bye week for the Heels, with this Notre Dame team that's been a little fuzzy, how do you see this game going? Well, it's North Carolina's game to lose. And it's yeah. why th- this is perfect to talk about it as a trap game. You know, UNC, they're favored by a point and a half at home. I look at that and I say, just a point and a half at home now I think the issue here for North Carolina is like just you look at the way that their defense has played so far this year Candace the the first team to get a stop might be the team to win this game (laughs) right but man I love aside from the fact that he's trash talking the wrong opponent I don't know you know the timing for Drake May is odd heading into Notre Dame week but uh, as a quarterback he's been absolutely dealing this year you know averaging 310 passing yards per game three and a half touchdowns per game and it's like I just I don't have a lot of faith in Notre Dame like even people who cover Notre Dame don't have Mm -hmm. a lot of faith in Notre Dame I mean congratulations (laughs) for getting your first victory uh, against Cal last week but still there was enough sloppiness and mistakes in that game they were getting booed by their own fans yeah so yeah. they probably don't even mind heading on the road this week it's like hey at least if someone's gonna boo us they're gonna be fans <laughs> for the other team not fans for our own team uh and you know I, I think Notre Dame probably and listen I'm I'm an old school Miami guy so I talk trash about the crying Irish every chance sure. I get but <laughs> they might only win two or three more games this year I don't think yeah. this is going to be one of them uh but UNC's defense can is they need to tighten up you know we've seen them scorched in different ways we saw them scorched (laughs) through the air last week against georgia state they gave up 235 rushing yards in the game uh you know notre dame did you know uh made a quarterback change necessitated by injury but it was drew pine who got the uh the win last week against cal in his first start but it's not like he looked that convincing yeah so you know i just i i think to me i I, I, I trust North Carolina more than a point and a half in this game. And it's it's interesting because, like, you can call it a trap game just because Notre Dame looks so bad. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, can't you also say that Notre Dame, they just, there's so much cachet with the name and with the program that it's like, it's one of those things. I don't think anybody's going to overlook them. So, yeah. like, yeah. it's it's kind of a trap game, but it also kind of isn't. Because, like, no matter how down Notre Dame will get, because uh, even I remember that period when they were like kind of irrelevant for like 15 years, like early yeah. this decade. And still, anytime you played Notre Dame, teams would always get up for that game. So I'm hoping that's the case because I don't want North Carolina to lose this game. I'd love to see North Carolina put on a show here, and I think they can. A hundred percent. And I'm thinking about like, was it one to two years ago? Ian Book ended up looking like a superstar against North Carolina's defense. And even had last season where they were running all over that run defense, it was just terrible. So I'm just hoping that they make it a game, make it competitive and actually pull out the win because Notre Dame has had Carolina's number kind of similar to Florida State and just you can't whatever whether they're bad it doesn't matter Carolina just can't play better so I'm just hoping that goes a little bit easier this go out now not only do we have this we have a team who is feeling themselves they're currently undefeated the Syracuse team's coming off a big win against Purdue and now they have the face of Virginia team whose offense isn't really cutting it despite the fact of the talent of Brennan Armstrong who is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC 
I'm very confused, but I also am cautious because I think eventually a good quarterback starts to get it. And I think with Tony Elliott, you know, you have someone who's probably pouring into him, giving him that boost of confidence. And just one of these games, it's going to click. And it could be this one against Syracuse, despite the fact that Syracuse's defense is pretty talented. Yeah, it's funny because you have uh, you have some quarterbacks in the coastal division, which is the most drunk division in football that just they should be playing better than they are. I put I, you know, I put um, Armstrong in the same category that I put uh, Tyler Van Dyke that like at some point they're going to get it. But uh, I can't say enough nice things about Syracuse. I mean, they're they flew so far under my radar to start the year. And I know there's a lot of football left. I didn't imagine they'd start 3-0. and I think Dino yeah. Babers is doing a great job. You know, I, I guess you call it an upset beating Purdue. I think there were small underdogs in that game. And they're favored in this one, Candace. They're favored by nine points right. against Virginia. Like, that's the one thing that gives me some hesitation. And I can't wait to hear, you know, the episode with, uh, with Drizzy Drake coming up later where you guys talk about, you know, the betting for the weekend because it's like – for as much as I think Syracuse will probably edge out this game, I think nine points is a little bit generous. 100%. Uh, you know, I, I like the way Syracuse is taking care of the football. I mean, Garrett Schrader hasn't thrown an interception yet, eight TDs to no INTs on the mm-hmm. year. And then it's like, you know, Virginia, like they they had a real problem against Old Dominion last week. Like they had to rally to win that game on a late field goal. But yeah. then it's like Old Dominion also, they beat Virginia Tech. So they nearly right. like ran the table, knocking off all the ACC yeah. teams from Virginia. So it's like I I cautiously am optimistic about Syracuse because, like, for one thing, they take care of the football. Virginia doesn't. They had three big fumbles last week. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I just think this game may not be pretty. Like, this yeah. game could end up just being kind of ugly, and the team that takes care of the football better is going to come out on top, and that's probably going to be Syracuse here. So mm-hmm. – um, you know, I, I guess when you look at them being favored by almost double digits, I guess you would call that a trap game. And I think they're going to like narrowly escape that track. Yeah, that listen, a hundred percent. I, again, I wholeheartedly believe that Brendan Armstrong and team are going to figure it out. I mean, you don't have a Keaton Thompson on your team for nothing. I think that Nick Jackson and that defense have to just find a way to dig deep and maybe stop a Garrett Schrader who, you know, Sean Tucker did not have the world's greatest game against Purdue so maybe he's looking for that record he has that 34 on his back for a reason this could also be a breakout game for him as he continues his path and streak towards the Heisman it's so many different narratives that you can run with but I'm hoping that Syracuse keeps their story together because again like you said we all pick Syracuse to pretty much be the last team here in the ACC but it's not it's not even a shock we were not on the Syracuse bandwagon but I'm happy to join you know, I think Garrett Schrader has been really impressive despite, you know, I saw a little bit of vintage last last week when I was like, listen, all I need to do is don't blow it for your team. You don't have right. to do, you don't have to be great. Just do not blow it for the love of the Lord. So there is that. But we got a couple other a couple other trap games that we want to discuss here. But first, I want to remind you guys about Eugenics. Eugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testosterone. There it is. It has been validated. Five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in man's. Well, every product, well, every product professes quality. Many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less clinically graded. With Nugenics Total Tea, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials, and Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Right now, you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you click college to 231. Text now to get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful 
fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back to shape fast. Absolutely free. Again, texting college to 231-231. We're rocking and rolling here with Alexandro of Locked On Canes. Clearly has a fan base. We got people saying what's up and all good. It's all about the you. We got, you know, friends who love to love Alex because he is good at what he does and he has some great insights. Another trap game we want to discuss here is South Florida and Louisville. Louisville in desperate need of a win, in desperate need of some sort of pick me up. But I don't know if this South Florida team is going to be able to give them that with how well they are playing. When you look at this South Florida team, are you confident that Louisville can find a win? I can't be confident in Louisville. It's like, I, I don't know, how how can I be? And then I, I thought they were going to get it done against Florida State last week. And credit to Florida State, by the way. I I, I, I hope uh, my, my Miami faithful have, have like, stopped watching because I don't want to see them. I don't want them to see me say anything nice about Florida State. But, but, but credit to Florida State and – you know, and 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 down down a quarterback last week, and and they were able to get two big seventy-five yard drives against Louisville. I mean, if if Jordan Travis can't stay stay in the game, Tate Rodemaker ends up making big time plays. But yeah, Louisville's been kind of a hot mess so far this season. But you know, I think that this this is going to be another game where it's like whoever wins this game probably won't be the better team; it'll be the less worse team because mm. I. I, listen, I know USF kind of caught the nation's attention because they nearly pulled it off against Florida last mm-hmm. week. USF is still bad. Like, you, <laughs> don't US, let it fool you. <laughs> no, don't let it fool you. Like, they almost beat Florida last week because Anthony Richardson forgot that the forward pass has been legal for like 100 years now. It's <laughs> like, you know, it, I, mean, Flo- I really thought Florida – Florida tried to beat themselves last week. I still don't take USF very seriously, but this is like – but at the same time, like this is such a perfect trap game because, yeah, South Florida, has, they've been playing better and Louisville has just been they've been all over the road. And I yeah. just I don't trust them to make defensive stops. So it's like, I don't know. We I had, a, we had a few. Yeah. Like we had a few like Candace. We had a few games last week because I think pretty much every one of the trap games we talked about last week the teams avoided the traps by like two or three points. Like they were just that close. I think this is going to be another one of those where I think Louisville is going to pull it off and they're at home, right? I think that's going to be, yeah, they, they are at home. So I think that's probably going to be a little bit of an edge for them. Um, you know, noon game though, those can sometimes even be tough for the home team, but now I think Louisville pulls it off, but it's going to be like a, a three point, four point type of escape. Yeah. I absolutely don't believe it'll be worth 14. Like the minus 14 and a half right now that I'm seeing is not even going to be yeah. nearly <laughs> what you want to put your money down on. But more than that, you know, listen, they were at home when they played Florida state and you thought, okay, you're going to have the home field advantage. And that didn't quite work out for you. Now you have like a lesser, um, Florida State light and USF maybe. So maybe they can figure out how to, you know, do the same scheme. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you mix up the letters in USF, eventually you come up with <laughs> FSU. So it's, it's in there. A hundred percent. So I'm hoping that they figure out just how to have a confidence boost for guys like Malik Cunningham, who of course has been heralded as being one of the best quarterbacks again here in our league. It's really important that Louisville moves in the right direction because we talked about it on yesterday's show. I really feel like Satterfield's seat is hot. I don't know about you, but oh, it yeah. seems, <laughs> seems like it's smoke hot despite his really good recruitment it's like recruiting is great which a lot of people say and argue that's the best part about college football but if you can't actually deliver deliver on the field they're going to find somebody who can do both 
Yeah, Malik Cunningham's got to be more consistent throwing the football. I mean, he's obviously yeah. a really dangerous dual threat. Uh, he's so far been better on the ground than he's been through the air because, you know, at this point, one touchdown to three interceptions, is it's it's got to be better. That's not the formula uh, for winning games consistently. So th- that's another area. They have to tighten up on the turnovers. A thousand percent agree. Last game that I feel like could potentially be a trap game because you're already coming off an emotional high of losing in sex Zane. And whether you could be pissed off and use that as your fuel or you can find yourself really just on a low. Can Miami bounce back against Middle Tennessee State this weekend? I'm sitting here asking you, do you feel like this is just an easy pick me up? We can roll or should they be mindful and try to really execute some of things that went wrong during Texas A&M? Yeah, it's it's a tough call because um, in in years past, when you lose a tough game like what Miami just lost, um, you know, the team often wasn't mentally strong enough to have that big bounce back. Instead of the bounce back, they had the hangover. So mm-hmm. I think in this game, we're really going to learn a lot um, about whether you know a coaching staff that looks a lot better on paper than what Miami had for the last number of years, whether they can really get these guys focused on the work and focused on putting last week behind them and going out and hopefully having a fast start, Candace. Because the problem that Miami's had in all three of the games that they played so far, one of the problems they've had mm-hmm. is that um, you know on both sides of the football they've started really really slow. Like you saw it last week against Texas A and M. Uh, Miami's defense bent heavily. They didn't break, but they bent heavily on Texas A&M's first possession. Everything looked soft, coverage, pass rush. And then after that first drive, they tighten up. And I thought the defense played a spectacular game. Even when they played Southern Miss the week prior, which ended up being, you know, on paper a big win because they won 30-7. to But it was, you know, it was like uh, – 10 to 10 to seven at halftime. Like it Mm -hmm. was, uh, it was a close game to start and the defense was sloppy. So Miami's not started well. And I think in a game like this, they're going to want to hopefully set the tone early on because Mm -hmm. one thing you're coming back from the road to a home crowd that, you know, South Florida sports fans, they're, they're fickle. Like, I I don't know how (laughs) full the stadium is going to be. And, you know, and it's, it's going to be the type of crowd and there are, there are a lot of hardcore Miami fans, but even then, if the team starts slowly, you might hear a few boo birds because that, that's that's been known known to happen down in South Florida. So, yeah, you know, I, I think a big thing for me, and, and if you look at from Miami's side of it, they're really really struggling with health at wide receiver because it's yeah. it's already been it's a problematic position group. Um, Xavier Restrepo was their best receiver. He's out for several weeks. Jacoby George now, who probably their second best receiver. He's now <laughs> out for several weeks with a broken thumb. So somebody's got to step up. Um, and you know, uh, I, I think for, for Miami, like Tyler Van Dyke, I think I, I've watched that game so many times now, the Texas A&M game, every time I watch it, I feel a little bit better about Tyler. Cause I see, mm-hmm. you know, all the routes that aren't being run properly and all the drops, but still he missed a lot of throws. He's got to be better. Um, you know, I feel really good about Miami's offensive line. I feel good about the entire defense right now. But, you know, with some of the problems Miami has at wide receiver, scoring may not be as easy as some people think in this game. And then, you know, I think Miami, uh, you know, the, also the offensive line has got to be prepared because they have a, a pretty aggressive defense, Middle Tennessee. I've started to study them a little bit midweek. And, you know, they, they disguise their coverages and their blitzes really well. It's pretty similar to Southern Miss, who gave Miami some problems. Um, so it's, I don't, it it may, it could be an easy game if Miami comes out fast from the start, 
But yeah. if Miami is sluggish, I think this game could be frustrating. And as someone who has you know spoken up about the wide receiver issues back in the beginning of the season, I remember listening to you and talking about how that was pretty bleak. And at the end of the day, who is Tyler going to throw to? He can be a good quarterback all day long, but if no one catches it, it doesn't matter. Has that given you cause for concern, especially as you look at the current standings of the Coastal? And they're not sitting at the top right now. They're in the middle of the pack, which is surprising considering it's the Coastal, considering they're ranked with Pitt, and they're both of them. You know, we have Virginia Tech, we have Duke, we have North Carolina sitting ahead of them. Yeah, uh, it's and, and also it, it is frustrating because I also see some growing pains with Tyler in a new offense uh, mm. because he, he was so comfortable – in the up tempo in the up tempo spread last year this is a pro style offense so it's it's really completely different for him and you know there, there's not nearly as much movement and motion as there was last year so I think that's kind of given these receivers more trouble just getting open and confusing defenses so um, I think maybe they can try to incorporate some of the stuff that worked last year even though it's a different coordinator a different coaching staff um, and you know, I also I also think they need to get the tight ends more involved uh, because mm-hmm. you know my, Miami's tight end room looks a lot better than the receiver room right now. You know, Will Mallory had a nice game last mm-hmm. week. Uh, Elijah Arroyo is another tight end that I don't think gets used enough. He had I think the biggest catch at least in terms of yardage a twenty nine yarder last week. And then Miami also has a a true freshman tight end who I think they can probably line up wide. Uh, Jaleel Skinner. Um, who is, you know, he's six foot five, but he's still a little bit like underweight for tight end. So, mm-hmm. and he played a lot of receiver in high school. So I think, you know, cause I'm looking at trying to get the best 11 guys on the field. Yeah. And at this point with the way the receiver room has just looked so inconsistent, um, I, I think it might be worth a shot giving a guy like Scr- like Skinner a chance to cross train a little bit and, and just get him on the field, li- line him up in the slot line him up wide and give him an opportunity because he's got that height where he can probably fight for some contested balls. But I, I think they they just need to be more creative because when yeah. you are, you know, when you're down two of your best receivers and then the other guys haven't played consistently well, I think you need to just really find a way to get more people touches and more people involved. A thousand percent. As I mentioned at the top of the show, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs. So if you're looking to get into this action for the trap game Thursday, you feel like there's some games that you want to go ahead and bet on because you're feeling like it could be risky for the opposite team. I strongly encourage you to hit up BetOnline.net. It has all the sports wagering information, including live betting, esports and scores. But not only does it have football, it has MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website on your desktop today or your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So we're wrapping up things here with Alex Dono of Locked On Canes. You can find him every single day talking about the Miami Hurricanes. And of course, he mentioned a lot of what's coming up between Miami and Middle Tennessee as you get towards the end of the week. But are there any other trap games or games that we should just be weary of as we head into week four that you saw? Well, I've got to say, I don't think this is going to be a trap game, but I hope it is, Candace, because I would love to see Georgia Tech find a way to be a trap game for UCF. They're heading okay. down to Orlando. They got their tails between their legs after yeah. getting just obliterated Demolished. by Ole Miss. Just, yeah, <laughs> Demo- 42 to nothing, I think the yeah. final score was. Like, it's rough. It's rough, oof. yeah. That yeah. was really, really rough. And then like, I, I was looking at, at the at the betting odds for this game. Um, UCF 
they're favored by 20 and a half points. And like, yeah. th this isn't the, the national championship caliber <laughs> UCF from a few years ago. And they're still, they're favored by 20 and a half points against an ACC team. I just, for the pride of the conference, because like, listen, I, I want to be like one of those SEC guys because I, yeah. I don't think we have enough conference unity in the like SEC fans are so weird because they'll 100%. they'll cheer they'll cheer for a rival team they'll be like SEC yeah SEC I want to cape up for the ACC especially <laughs> for the coastal so yeah. if Jeff Sims if you have like any superpowers that you just haven't unveiled yet just try right. to give UCF a game uh, I I would love to see that so that's one I'm looking at where I hope they can be a trap for UCF. Listen, if Jeff Sims just finds accuracy, it's going to be a good game for them. If he can just find how to look, get the ball to the receiver, I know you have a strong arm. I believe it. I've seen it. I think you have all the deep balls in the world. But if you're throwing to you know the opposing team or you're throwing it to the opposite side of your receiver, it's going to be a long day for you. I also think that defense just needs a lot of work. Their secondary needs a lot of work. They just really have to stop the run. And it was just pretty apparent against Ole Miss that they couldn't stop a cold. So hoping that Jeff Collins on it's not quite quitting it feels like he's quiet quitting I don't know I, as much as he was talking about the growth of his team and finally getting the guys he wants and really being under his system it just doesn't feel like it's really resonating something the guys are I won't say they're not quitting on him but they could be quiet quitting as well who knows but it, it just yeah. looks ugly in Georgia Tech for a team that's good great location you have the stars it's not like you don't have people who can give you, you know, great matchups. Well, what is this for? What is this? The third season or, or fourth? I think the third season for Collins, mm -hmm. right? It's like, man, I um, it might take four years to like undo the pre World War One offense that they ran <laughs> for like fifteen years because it's like it's crazy. Like um, and it's funny because like they when when they were for uh for for Paul Johnson for however long he mm -hmm. was there it was more more than a decade I think it's like. Georgia Tech was always so tough to prepare for. Yeah. But it's like there's just there's not a very high ceiling okay, for a but team Alex, that plays that style. Why do you change it? If you know that's how your your bread and butter is working. Like you're the triple option team. That's yeah. what y'all do. Army <laughs> knows it. Every now and again they pick up a win. Why why try and be like everybody else? Just go with what you know. Yeah, but I, I think you change it because it's like you're never gonna win more than like eight games in the power five when you run that off. So I, it's like there's a low ceiling. It's like yeah. like it's like Paul Johnson was so good at it. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're always a huge headache to prepare for because like it was one of those things. Anytime you were about to face Paul Johnson's Georgia Tech, you always prayed you would get the bye week right before. Right. So you'd have an extra week because yeah. you don't see most of these teams don't see that offense from anyone else on the schedule. Right. But right. it's like I would have been so frustrated if I was a Georgia Tech fan because it's like, OK, we might be pretty good this year. But we're not going to win a whole lot because, again, like if we go up against like a, you know, against an elite opponent, we're, just, we're not going to win with this offense. So I, I just think they were trying to modernize it, but it might yeah. take more than three years to undo that. <laughs> that's that's fair. I will say, though, it would be nice if they threw a little triple off and razzle dazzle in the mix. Just every now and then, make sure you just let everyone know what your staple is and what you guys have conquered. But, you know, who knows? Whatever's whatever's working for Jeff Collins isn't, in fact, working. So he does need to switch it up. <laughs> Either way yeah. it goes. It's it's not not becoming good for him. But other than that, like I think it's going to be a good week four. We start out with West Virginia and Virginia Tech. Who Virginia Tech coming off a high, feeling themselves right now, and West Virginia, who's turning out to be a not so great team, who potentially could be joining the ACC, but who knows? I think you know. I think the Hokies could use a good a continued confidence boost, especially when Pry had such a rough start. 
Yeah, and and it, it, I think it'd be cool if West Virginia joined the ACC because it's like you know being being a Miami guy going way back, they used to be a Big East rival, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I would kind of group them in the same category as like you know Pitt, yeah, uh, and Virginia Tech, who Miami used to play. So I I would love it if West Virginia came back, but yeah, I hope Virginia Tech gets it done because again, like even you know when when uh, was it Pitt got that win over West Virginia opening the season with the backyard brawl, it's like. Like I'm, I'm happy for Pitt, but I also know West Virginia's not very good. So we'll, we'll see if Virginia Tech fall into that trap. Yeah, there's a lot of coastal chaos here as we get towards the end of the season. As I said, Virginia Tech is currently leading the pack and Duke right behind everyone who did not believe in Duke. I sat here. If you listen to the show, you know that I was team Duke, team Mike Elko. And I think they're going to still they're going to be four. They're going to beat Kansas. It's going to be good to go. So that's where I can say positive about. But. We are going to have Friday show where you can have all of the betting action and you can figure out which games you need to put your money on. But Alex, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Can you please remind these folks where they can find you, follow your work? Well, the pleasure is mine, first of all, because I I think this is great, especially talking about uh, a crazy conference like the ACC. (laughs) But yeah, you you see, uh, you can follow my personal account on Twitter at Alex Dono, and you can follow uh, my show account for Locked on Canes, just at Locked on Canes. And yeah, make sure you check us out. Uh, if you're whether you're interested in Miami or maybe you're a hater and you just like because I notice people sometimes will watch me just to save the receipts. It's like, hey, yeah. remember that time you thought Miami would beat so and so and you thought Tyler Van Dyke might win the Heisman. And so if you want to save the receipts for trash talk, uh, whatever, <laughs> I don't care. Just watch and listen to the show at Locked on Canes. And that's it. Listen, that's where you find me. We appreciate the subs either way. I piss off a new fan base every other week, and I'm fine with that. But, you know, we, we make do with what it do. So, guys, come back tomorrow for Candace Cooper and Alex Dono. Until next time. All righty.